0: An Empire Boxing and Unlearning Network Production. Welcome back to the Empire Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, Jana, and today we have a very special guest. And that doesn't take away from the fact that I say everyone's their special our special guest, but today we have none other than Mr. Tarek.
1: Hi Hey. We thought, had a
0: pretty fun pre-show So I don't know if I'm going to survive this podcast It was a decent
1: pre-show Honestly, I have to say Just before we go on I mm-hmm. thought you were going to have an attempt at my surname But I guess you don't <laughs> want that to live in perpetuity on the internet So Abdul that's okay Oh, good job 8 out of 10 Solid 8 out of 10 8
0: out of 10? Yeah What could have made it better? you
1: got to really go heavy on the Abdul H R- No, not so much the A, but the H Yeah uh, No, not quite No, not we'll talk about it okay, later fine. yeah
0: anyways i'm about to get canceled before i do <laughs> welcome to the show um this is this is really fun i have lots of stuff i want to talk to you about uh, including everything from for those who haven't been to one of the empire shows or seen our pay-per-view shame on you one two Tariq is one of our commentators uh, a color colorful commentator and a color commentator watch it <laughs> no i mean because you're funny yeah i know Jesus, oh, this is gonna be rough anyways. And so it's been, it's been that it's been amazing working with you, having you as part of the events, you know, your depth of boxing knowledge is just such an asset to us. And then also, I mean, you're kind of cool too. Oh, thanks. So there's that. And then talks very involved with Boxing BC, Boxing Canada, uh, you know, the athletes development, the high performance team, Sting. Like there's so many things that you're doing. So we have tons and tons of things to talk about. Awesome. Really
1: yeah. No, about. thank you all for having me on again. It's uh, it's great to be part of the yeah, team again.
0: Of course. OK, so uh, first question, let's just talk a little bit about what your role is in Boxing BC and mm-hmm. like, tell us a bit about yourself and that. Just how that all spins together.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, it's a a bit of a multifaceted, actually, role. Um, Obviously, primarily, I'm a coach. Um, That is obviously my first love. I'm no longer uh, a competitive pugilist. Um, So, you know, when I moved to Canada in 2017, that's actually the first thing I did, I think, before I even got a phone contract was, you know, where do I sign up to to coach? Um, You know, I'm I'm a member of um, uh, Team BC's high performance team. So there are four other coaches that we we run the high performance directive for um, Boxing BC's um, competitive team. Mm. Um, and then I also wear another hat. Um, I'm the second vice president of Boxing BC as well. I've sat on the board for, this will be my fourth year on the board. Um, I sat. I started off as first director at large and then I moved into that uh, executive role as VP, um, which has, you know, a whole spectrum of things that we do, you know, everything from policy and governance to, you know um, you know, troubleshooting any issues or, you know, dispute resolution, um, fundraising, etc., and so forth. Um, <clears throat> I'm also an official, uh, a referee in judge matches, uh, very controversial, most evenings.
0: Um, <laughs> We're getting to that. <laughs> uh, but
1: that is, that's part of the job. And, uh, and yeah, uh, you know, I'm here to really facilitate and promote the sport of amateur boxing in British Columbia, which is, uh, you know, the, the mandate that is set actually for, for Boxing BC with Boxing Canada and Sport Canada.
0: That's awesome. You I mean, definitely, uh, what I would say is an ambassador to the sport from a coaching, you know, officiating, and even policy. That's policy generous,
1: writing. but yeah, thank you. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. There's a lot of, I mean, I don't, you know, there's a lot of people that have a ton of respect for you know the whole board but i know that you're a big part of you know pushing things through and making making policy and having the the important sure. conversations that Absolutely. that need to be made so that you know the entire Organization is is moving forward in a in a really progressive and healthy way. Sure. Yeah.
1: No. I mean, like, you know, you're only as you're only as solid as your as your policy and your laws, really. You know, and um, you know, I came in and uh, many moons ago in a previous life, I was a I was a lawyer, and you know, part of obviously, you know, my my previous you know remit uh, was actually you know drafting policy and helping you know policy and governance, and um, that was something that I that I kind of dove naturally into as part of my my first um, you know point of action when I moved into boxing bc not to say that the policy wasn't solid before but you know i think um moving with the times is key mm. uh, especially with how fast society is progressing and advancing and and um and morphing yeah. uh the sport is uh, simultaneously doing so and you know you need to have the bones of the association in black and white um to be able to ensure that everybody who's participating in the sport um <laughs> is sorry. moving Matt forward Huffer. i don't know what my offer's doing behind oh, me i guess. really don't want to know at the best of times <laughs> Um, I
0: couldn't hold that one together is that a banana we hope it's a banana I hope
1: it's a banana I don't know I'm, I'm not looking right
0: <laughs> sorry continue
1: yeah yeah um Jason's pupils are dilated so I'm a little bit worried um I
0: think they're always like that though
1: oh yeah oh actually we have screen
0: time for this kid
1: Jason we need to have a chat <laughs> just say no um, Jason by the way Jason's
0: at 24 years old forever we've decided that he is
1: I thought he was 24 years exactly, old okay. okay excellent okay on. yeah um and uh yeah, obviously, Athletes are going to require different needs. They have different needs as time goes on. So, yeah, that was something that came naturally to me is, is really kind of developing the policy and governance. And then that's actually I sat or sit on the policy and governance um, committee for uh, Boxing Canada. Mm-hmm. So from a national level, we helped. I think it was, it was a relatively um, temporary um, committee um, to you know, oversee um, the advancement of policy and governance from a national level as well.
0: Amazing. Now, when you first came kind of into the scene, it was direct to Boxing BC, is that correct? And then that's recently expanded into like a broader spectrum of kind of your skill set into Boxing Canada?
1: Uh, So actually, no, the first boxing organization that I joined here was another amateur organization in BC called ComSport. And Uh um, yeah, it's uh, look, ComSport was great for many, many reasons. I think, um, you know, everything has a life cycle and Mm -hmm perhaps that was the end of its life cycle Honestly, as I was coming out
0: sidebar have nothing against anyone who comes into a, let's say onto the scene mm-hmm. and thinks about how to do it differently No, absolutely. thinking outside of the box I, I mean I, I'm joking because you know everyone like we like yeah. joking about comps part but sure. I actually really do respect that
1: no sure look it was great especially
0: something that's so ancient and in like in its sense like boxing's been around forever mm-hmm. a lot of the systems and policies and the way things sure. are done are kind of like set in stone you could say so absolutely. to come into the scene and think outside the box I mean power to you
1: yeah I mean coming in from obviously my history in boxing coming into uh you know a province bc five million five and a half million people and there are two amateur boxing organizations i was a little bit confused mm. um you know what they provided was very pro style amateur style boxing uh it wasn't so much for me so obviously after one fight with an athlete who i then migrated into boxing bc with mm-hmm. um you know i that i stayed in the association um as it, as it is and yeah that we have had um touches of being able to represent um you know bc on the national level and uh and, um, yeah, move forward to kind of working a little bit with Boxing Canada and Team Canada. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very, very cool progression. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've enjoyed every minute of it.
0: Now, for those who might not know, can you give us sort of a sense of what is required of an athlete to fall under the high performance team?
1: Uh, wow. So, it, you know, it's, it's a really good question. And, and obviously, you know, um, it, it's, it's very different for each person. Mm. Um, but the one, one or two things that I would say is consistency. And, you know, secondly, is is the adoption of the sport as a lifestyle, mm. you know, and, and you know, it goes from being recreational to progressive. Right. And once you're entering into the realms of progressive from a position of context um, of how you live your life, that's when you can begin to enter into, um, you know, a, a high performance level of training, uh, level of high performance, level of recovery, and obviously high performance in the ring. Mm -hmm. And so obviously high performance, um, the, the goal for people who are involved in high performance, um, activity, you know, whether you're a coach or a boxer is to progress the athlete onto the national and and therefore the international level. And the requirement for that really is, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to immerse yourself within the lifestyle of being a full-time pugilist and the requirements of that. I mean if you've walked, watched any Rocky montage um, mm-hmm. you know it's it's uh, it's something Beats, that is very breathe. challenging yeah, yeah it's very very challenging and you know your recovery as well as your performance are two very very different things I mean we're very blessed in BC and you know I'd like to to really kind of you know prop up you know props to you know people like uh, Ryan O'Shea you know mm-hmm. have come shout in shout out to Ryan O'Shea shout out to <laughs> Boss Ryan uh, people like Jesse Pinheiro Dave Bratt you know all, all the all these all these gents who have come in and, and you're know, really kind of shaking up our, our high performance program you know we we can count on we have sports scientists in our team we have strength conditioning coaches we have access to sports psychologists you know we have uh, we have a very detailed approach to our season Mm -hmm. you know we have obviously different different um um, levels to our team as well um our funding is on point you know our planning our structuring is on point and you know our high performance um program is actually spoken quite highly of now and that's that's half a decade's pivot and push towards you know very you know new age new wave style of training and thinking and the adoption of that has been hard but it it's now really showing the signs um um you know of positivity and we're really really excited for the season ahead
0: absolutely i, I just think it's so cool how coaching in boxing specifically has mm-hmm. really evolved oh absolutely. you know speaking with guys like you know Jesse Ross Thompson, speaking to Julian Mm Shua, speaking to uh, Taylor Ramsdell, you know, and, and yourself, these, you know, I'd say prominent figures kind of in, in our local and then international coaching fields. And then just watching the progressive and, and youthful in a, in, in a, even a broader sense than just age, but. Mm-hmm. You know, mindsets and ideas about coaching and also the research and the time that yeah. people are putting into understanding the sport, understanding the S&C field, how that fits in mm-hmm. and developing athletes, and also even like what you're saying about sports psychologists, having them on the team. True. Like there's got to be, you know, so, so many of these athletes go down the path of having their identity tied to what they do. Mm-hmm all it takes is one injury or you know and something unfortunate to happen in the season sure. and it can be a complete breakdown for an athlete sometimes Absolutely. things they can't come back from so having all the elements and all the pieces come together True. to to like generate champions yeah. is something totally different than just kind of like basic coaching like creating and nurturing and generating mm. champions be it in the amateur or be it in pro is is like a factory.
1: Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. You know, I, you know, it's definitely changed. The game has changed in the last 15 it's to so 20 cool. years. so I'm so you here know, for uh, it. You know, you uh, know, if you're a high performance coach now and you're you're a mindful high performance coach, you're you're uh, you know, studying concussion management, you're studying nutrition, recovery, mm-hmm. You're, you're studying strength conditioning. You're working with other people who are prominent in that field. You're a sports psychologist. You're a, you're a sports consultant. Yeah. You're you know you're injury prevention specialist. It's about
0: time, right? Like One, Yes, absolutely. Kind of makes you think like what would have some of the careers been like, mm-hmm. you know, in prominent boxers from the past, like if they had these type of teams around absolutely, them? and even also just like le- like let's dive even a tiny bit further into like the biohacking side of mm-hmm. like recovery. Sure. You know what what would have you know what would have Ali's career been like sure what, what like absolutely. who knows yeah Hearns, absolutely like mm-hmm. anyone sort of from that era what sure. kind of what what extra years could we have gotten from those athletes or mm-hmm. you know even how how would their have lives been post-boxing as well
1: for sure absolutely Interesting it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a great it's a great question these are things that we think of you know as a, who's you know who's the goal who's the greatest of all time mm-hmm. you know and it's uh, you know and again it all really applies and, and draws down to context well you know ultimately you know did they have what they have now yeah. you know you can say that for any sport you can say that for any you know active performance uh, comparison you know, and it's really difficult, and you know, it's something that I've had to really notice very, very quickly. You know, when I had a conversation with, um, you know the Team BC coaches when I wasn't a part of the Team BC coaching mm-hmm. structure, for example, and looking at the evolution of the gentlemen um, and you know and women that sat sat on on that team to now, which is only five years, mm-hmm. um, it's amazing now how um, you know uh, multifaceted coaches are. You know, I'm just putting a, a season plan in. I'm, I'm lucky to work with a with a 63.5 Team Canada alternate who is NBC Logan Cloutier. He's you know he's he's a lad. He's actually just been down in the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been sparring at a couple of gyms and um you know and do some technical work together and you know i i plan people's schedule for the whole season mm-hmm. you know we have a month and month sparring plan we have a month and month um you know a club show plan we have a month and month tournament both you know um, provincial national and international tournaments that we're attending you know we've just we've just arranged for um, you know his physiotherapy visits his scat five you know uh, concussion based testing his mid-season concussion testing so, uh, we've spoken to Dave freeze as a sports sports psychologist you know at the start of the season mm-hmm. you know um, we're, we're looking at obviously you know injury prevention injury management and then his strength and conditioning mm-hmm. you know and, and I'm sitting there thinking wow like actually this is a, this is a lot of work and you know to be a coach you know that's sitting on that that crest of the wave that's coming into you got to kind of know everything if you want to be one of the best and if you want to produce or help produce the best you really need to be so not so much a jack of all trades but a master of all trades at this point um, but BC is very lucky you know we're very very lucky from a, 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 um, a provincial governance perspective and how the board of directors in the last half decade have supported high performance um, in, in the province by increasing funding and seeking out full-time slash part-time, you know, people to, who are experts in that field to form up this team. So, you know, we're, we're, you know, from a medal perspective, obviously we haven't had nationals in a couple of years because of COVID. So, you know, attending tournaments like the Brampton cup or the Calgary cup or the, you know, the YYC cup or Western Canadians, things like that, and, you know, BC are actually very well respected, you know, and, and it's all in the medal count. If you look at the medal count and look at BC athletes, um, and when you compare population sizes and funding between mm-hmm. the provinces, uh, you know, the big two are Ontario and Quebec, obviously. And then, you know, it's kind of us and then, you know, kind of trickles down between there with all respect to, to everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's quite impressive where we're at, and it really is down to obviously that this this um, uh, almost obsessive application to everything's got to be tight.
0: Do you see BC kind of coming onto the same yes. playing field as Ontario? Absolutely, yeah. How absolutely. Long do, you, do you think Canada kind of were there?
1: No. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. You know, I was. You know, with all due respect to everybody, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, you know, and and this is good for Canada. Ultimately, this is what Canada needs. Um, Canada needs solid competitive, um, provincial, um, uh, athlete pools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the wider the pool, um, the better, um, obviously the, the, um, the selection for the national team mm-hmm. and having attended, you know, one national team training camp last October and looking around and, and seeing, you know, four or five athletes from BC in a total of say, you know, 20 athletes that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there being no daylight really between those athletes and ha- from Last October till now, seeing more and more BC athletes, especially our women, our women are doing tremendously well on the on the national international senior. You know, we've got Nausha Nakajiri from Griffins, you know, we've got Jordan Conrad, um, you know, we have we have a great selection, you know, of of women who are coming through, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's really refreshing to see.
0: Now, you mentioned uh, Nyusha and you mm-hmm. mentioned Jordan. Sure. For those who may not know who that is, I have a great way for you guys to find out. We have on our YouTube available our Under the Light show, which was an amateur boxing event that we put on in October 2020. And uh, Jordan and Nyusha fought mm-hmm. on that event. And that would be just an awesome early dip into both of those two athletes and, and sort of their career here in amateur boxing in BC. Both of them very proficient, mm-hmm. very skilled. Yeah. And they don't mess around. Like they, they train night and day. So it's really, really the embodiment of what you were talking well, about. Well, I was
1: just, yeah, I was, I was, I was that they, they, they are uh, the embodiment and and the representation of, of the question that you asked. Oh,
0: huge shout out to those two ladies. Absolutely. Um, we can't wait for you to turn pro.
1: Who are, by the way, they are, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, they're, they're, they're currently in Bulgaria. They both mm-hmm. represented uh, Canada very, very well, you know, you know, congratulations to them both yeah. for 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 that, and obviously Coach Peggy, who's obviously a, a, a BC coach, um, yeah. and she headed up that trip to Bulgaria for Team Canada. So this is what I'm talking about. You know, BC is really you know pushing ahead and coming coming forwards, and it's it's uh, it's really great to see.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's cool to hear all of this, not just from you know the the path that the athletes are taking now, Mm -hmm. but it will improve their quality of life and their path after boxing as well.
1: Absolutely. You know, when you come out of boxing, you you talk to a lot of people who are boxing in the 80s and 90s. And you compare those who are boxing in the 90s and they're not in the early 2000s and mid-2000s. You know, it's amazing to see there is definitely a positive correlation with, you know, injury, concussion, um, you you, you know, being able to, to deal with no longer competing, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe not being involved in the sport and that, that gap that hasn't mm-hmm. has in their life that, you know, this is a big thing. This is a big issue, you know, compared to people in the last five, five years, for example, you know, with the support systems that they've had from a medical perspective, from a psychological perspective, you know, from a competitive perspective, you know, being more coaching pathways, um, that are being applied and, and younger people being involved in coaching and, and they're being less of a stigma. So oh, well you're young, you must not know a lot or, you don't know, must understand a lot, you know, and, and, you know, this is a change, you know, people are really applying themselves in, in very, very committed ways to cycle out from being, you know, a competitive pugilist or a competitive athlete, not just in the sport, to, to being able to manage themselves physically and mentally after sport. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting to see obviously the changes that are made. And it's really down to, like I said, you know, the application and the, the provision of, of, of these, you know, new wave, um, um, uh, aspects to the to the sport from a coaching perspective. Mm. So
0: now, tell us a little bit about how boxing first entered your life. You were mentioning uh, you were competitive at, at one yeah. point. What did that look like? How did it start for you?
1: Um, you know, playing around as a kid. Um, you know, getting define
0: a, playing around.
1: <laughs> getting getting, well, getting a wee bit bullied <laughs> as a kid. Um, you know, uh, going Growing in. Up, Oof, everyone where you grew up. I grew up in the west of Scotland. Um, Grew up in a little town called uh, called Moughlin, which is um, an old mining town on and the now west of Scotland.
0: How do Scotland. you
1: spell that? M-A-U- M-a-u-c-h-l-i-n-e. Okay. Yeah, it's um,
0: say it one more time. Mochlin. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Okay. Scottish way to pronounce S-C-H is. Uh, so, um, it. yeah. It's uh, a little ASMR
0: for everybody there. <laughs> little ASMR, free ASMR
1: <laughs> for Empire Boxing. Obviously, if you ever need any, an Empire Boxing S- ASMR person, I'm yeah, your Yeah, for sure. Get him a candy
0: wrapper quick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you know, there were there were wee gaps and obviously from a com- competitive perspective and then going into university and get back, falling in love again, you know, with it. And then moving into law school and then, you know, being involved again, you know, moving city to city. have lived a relatively nomadic lifestyle um and uh been all, all, all over the world and you know every time I'm kind of in there um you know I'm back in the boxing gym the first thing you do is you know see cat boxing gym and that's kind of where it's been at throughout my life you know whereas I, w- I was a kid and you know being involved in that and moving into you know go- going to school and then from university and there've always been little gaps obviously mm-hmm. in there because I've you know competed at other sports um you know relatively high level in different sports and and, and you know just uh, from a recreational perspective and others mm-hmm. um and not having that kind of discipline to really play it out. But what I was always fascinated with was being in the gym mm-hmm. and working, uh, even when I was, you know, competing, you know, working with coaches and work and seeing um, the way that they operate. I used to love it. And, uh, and yeah, took a little gap. I was a lawyer for a hot minute, mm-hmm. um, realized the, Thank Come God, at,
0: though, for all those policies. <laughs> Thank yeah. God for that, that typing no, skill for, set.
1: For the record, I don't know if my policy writing's great. I don't um, know. will have to have... Yeah. Like, maybe That's do, why I do it for free. You know, there's, there's <laughs> no accountability. Uh, no. And, um, yeah, I quit my career in law to to actually open a boxing club. And at this point in my life, I was in uh, the kingdom of Bahrain, where my dad is from. And um, we opened Bahrain's first dedicated boxing club. And it was the first opportunity for me to have my own landscape and draw from all of those different experiences mm, with, you know in boxing
0: how much traveling influenced your sort of toolkit as a coach
1: oh uh, massively so you know and I think I think a lot of the ways that I coach or that I apply myself in coaching and you know coaching is you know I, I would like to consider that the the top um, um, part of coaching you know the probably the most important part of coaching is relationship management mm. um, you know and and being able to to create a positive relationship with the athlete. You know, this, this is a combat sport, you know, and it's, it's a relationship of trust. And some of the coaches, I think, maybe that I had, um, with all respect to them, I didn't have that relationship of trust with them.
0: Now, is that... Because they came from more a little bit of that kind of old school coaching style.
1: It was a kind of a, a few different factors, whether or not the gym was overcrowded, underfunded, right. you know, whether or not, yeah, you know, different mentalities. And different co-
0: even just cultures around Different
1: boxing. cultural, different cultural, you know, aspects. Yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of aspects. these
0: boxing gyms across the world are like sink or swim, dog eat dog. Absolutely. Right? You know, you come absolutely. in and you prove yourself and if you don't, you yeah, don't show up
1: tomorrow. Sure. Kind of uh, absolutely. You know, and, and the way some, a lot of the ways that I apply myself as a coach now is based on, well, I didn't have that and... Mm-hmm. Maybe if I did have that, things could have been different mm-hmm. for, you know, sounds injury like, prevention. Sounds, like parenting. sounds a little bit like parenting. <laughs> like you know? so parenting. I guess, I guess. So I mean, I, I don't have kids. So the uh, correlation so.
0: here is if you can coach an athlete in boxing, you can be a parent, right? <laughs> uh, honestly,
1: L- listen, you know, not not far off it. Really? The responsibilities, yeah. I would say, are almost level. Get a dog first. Um, get yeah. a dog first, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I think a lot of the, the ways that I, that I like to apply myself as a coach mm-hmm. from a relationship management perspective, which I think is actually top of the pile, mm-hmm. um, you know, is are based on, um, avoiding relationships that I had with previous coaches mm. and wanting to do better and provide more and seeing the gaps in, 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 where their performance as coaches actually maybe let me down in some ways, not to make excuses, obviously mm-hmm. there are limits to, to my performance based on, you know, my talent and my athleticism, um, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, th- that is something I definitely geek out on. And, you know, it's very much a bespoke application you know, each person's very, very different. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, this is a very psychological sport. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of psychology, uh, you know, that, that's involved and applied in the sport and, and, um, you know, being able to, in my opinion, you know, some, some coaches get away with, uh, you know, one culture fits all. That's mm-hmm. great. And if you can, uh, if that develops success, then that's fantastic for you. Mm-hmm. I found that, you know, being able to develop a different style of, um, coaching, communication, programming for athletes, you know, based on, you know, their personality type, their emotional range, you know, what level of anxiety, say, for example, do they possess? Um, you know, what level of, um, you know, analysis um, can they respond to? You know, the, yeah. these, and, and according to that, you know, definitely change it up. Mm.
0: It's interesting, like, the thought that kind of came to mind when you were, you know, saying that is I don't think a lot of coaches are equipped to make those type of assessments. Judgments um, and like just because here I'm thinking like as a coach you know you've got athlete one walk through the door. Mm-hmm. Now if you've got that, like you were saying this rule, hey, if you don't fit in with our culture, then sure. you're not gonna you're probably not gonna stay in the gym, see mm-hmm. you later there's the door, sort mm-hmm. of thing. And it might not be that that harsh, but you know what I'm saying? Sure. It's sort of like either sink or swim, yeah kind of thing. Yeah. And how much talent's walking out of the door that's never like these eggs that have never been cracked and developed. Sure. But then at the same time, like, how did you develop the skill sets to be able to make those type of you know, one, to understand the depth of being able to identify mm-hmm. talent and decide how to develop that talent talent on all those levels you just mentioned. Like that, mm-hmm. that to me seems like a rare, like a rare skill set application.
1: Um, yeah, actually. Or I've maybe never, it's just advanced. I've never really thought about it in that right? way. Like, you know, I think. Think, I think about that moment. Yeah. You know,
0: it's like, it's like, it's like, um, you know, people always say like, I'm a good judge of character or whatever. It's like that. On steroids, bo- the boxing edition.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's oh, a really good point. Right? I've, I've never heard that before. I mean, for me, it was just like, this I'm, is naturally how I'm going to apply this. You know, I've worked. Wow. so. I, uh,
0: I'm sitting going over here. If I could do this to men, that would be amazing.
1: That I mean, I'm actually not going to comment on that. Like a dating um, thing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, look, I've been your coach. Yeah. Right. You know, we've, we've worked oh together. Yeah, I know it was, it was tough. Um, <laughs> taught me a lot about how to be a better coach <laughs> and uh, no, but, but, you know, uh, the way, for example, that you approach your training mm. uh, massively dedicated, almost too dedicated, you know, I have to kind of, you, know, you know, chill out Jana, yeah. um, you know, um, but obviously your understanding of the body, you're also a, uh, a fantastic strength conditioning coach, mobility coach, you know, you, you name it, you know, you're, you're up there and, um, you know, you prep for your fight. Um, and you know, the, the debrief that's involved for your fight, you know, win or lose, whatever that Mm -hmm. is, you know, these types of, of aspects are very different for each athlete. And, um, some coaches have, a, um, you know, a blanketed approach and say, you know, this is how I do it. And, uh, if you click, you click, and this is maybe why you see athletes kind of bouncing gym to gym mm-hmm. and that's okay. Athletes got to figure out what works for them just in the same way coaches do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting way to look at it. You know, yeah. it and, could uh, and, be a new and, field.
0: Yeah. To be clear. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. I mean, well, honestly, to be clear, I don't, I don't think it's, I'm not saying like, what you're doing is the way and everyone who's not doing no, it that it's way so so is a the shitty way. coach. That's so not <laughs> but, what I'm saying at all. Yeah, yeah. But but I am paying respect to just sort of that process of you you have a new athlete in front of you, like you know, or or someone you're aware of who switched mm-hmm. gyms, like you were saying. Sure. Someone's bounced around into that your happens. hands and you're going, How do I how do I make the the assessment
1: mm-hmm. to
0: put this person in the coaching style yeah. that best suits them sure. to develop them in a way that no one else has before? Uh, absolutely. And then running through that and being able to make that that assessment and sure. then being able to also, am I guessing, probably course correct? Yeah, as absolutely. things work or don't work with yeah, that sure. athlete, so I just think that's very. I think that's very cool, and mm. that's that's an interesting concept to sort of unpack and think about. Mm-hmm. And I wonder you know, what comes to mind is I wonder what it, would be lo- what, it would, what it would look like if there was a syllabus to that process, like if you
1: could teach Absolutely. that process. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a really, really interesting question. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that it, it could be a part of mm. the process. But, you know, I have to say, you know, um, I'm pretty early on in my coaching career, mm. um, you know, in comparison to others. Um, I have a lot to learn. Mm. I'm constantly seeking out well, new say, things curiosity to learn that Th- this is this is the thing that piques my interest this is i quit my career in law to do this full time yeah. and um i i'm i'm almost i would like to say or i've been told that you know there is a monastic approach to mm-hmm. progression and to seeking out you know um, new styles mm-hmm. or, or new methodologies or you know things like that mm-hmm. now so maybe what I'm doing isn't necessarily the best way to do it but for some people that w- are working with me you mm-hmm. know there has been a little bit of success so great but it is definitely a trial and error thing
0: I think I think kind of at the you know the end of the day the thing you can't argue with is that you know there's an, there's an evolution to a sport mm-hmm. therefore there's an evolution to athletes and there's sure. an evolution to coaching mm-hmm. and if you're not learning yep. you're not growing sure and I think that probably I don't care I don't care who you are, I don't care how Freddie Roach you are. There's <laughs> something to learn, right? For sure. And I would guarantee you, Freddie would probably sit up here and say that as well as Absolutely. he's approached. Because, you know, you, you, you got the next gen in front of you and they're True. doing something you ain't never seen before. Yeah.
1: yeah, but you gotta have your goals, you know, and I think this is this is what's this is what has helped me with my evolution as a coach. Hmm. And, you know, because I've had goals and every time I reach a certain milestone or a certain goal, right, next goal. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first arrived, it was, you know, I want, I want uh, one of my athletes to be a provincial medalist. I want one of my athletes to be a national medalist. Okay, I, I want to be on the high performance team and I want to be on the Team Canada coaching team. Uh, and I want to I move, also branch out simultaneously into pro boxing you know, there are, there are, you know, every time you have a new, (laughs) have a new level uh, to your coaching, um, it's really pushed by, having new goals and and just like athletes if you don't seek out those higher goals um, and aren't challenged in, in obviously more challenging ways that kind of push the boundaries and help you evolve and succeed through evolution um, it's a very it works in the very very same way as, as a coach if you don't have those goals that are pushing you and pulling you and working with higher level I had to really change up once I started working with higher level athletes because mm. I realized hey look I'm going to let these people down yeah. they're putting their trust in me again it's about relationship management respecting mm. that and um, and uh, so, therefore, you know, being humble and eyes, eyes and ears open, mm-hmm. you know, working with other coaches, you know, uh, and using any resource possible to see what works, what fits, and what doesn't, you know. Yeah. And obviously, like I said, it is a case of trial and error. I'm very early on in yeah. comparison to others at the start of my journey. But I
0: think the coo- some of the coolest things in life, the coolest experiences, start when you put yourself in mm-hmm. a position that challenges what you know. Absolutely,
1: that's when that's where growth. That's where do you I, achieve I know growth. enough? Oh. Do I know enough? Well, <laughs> you know, uh, do
0: I have the skills? And 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 it's and if the answer is no that's exciting
1: go the find them go get them in my opinion them. the answer should always be no right <laughs> yeah. once you start saying yeah i know enough you're gonna get left behind because boxing evolves at a very, yeah. very 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 fast pace
0: now speak to us about you were talking you know on the topic of goals and mm-hmm. milestones speak yeah. to us about your recent experience in the uk and kind of what that meant to oh you. yeah
1: yeah there was a. I fanta- i mean obviously um uh, we went over to the Harangi cup the Haringey Cup so is a very prestigious. very prestigious um, tournament that's based out of uh, they London. They
0: sent me an invite. I had to politely decline. Yeah,
1: yeah, we sent out the I think it you might know. still be lost in the mail, actually. Dep- definitely was. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, t- so Team BC um, invited some athletes over to London to compete at the Haringey Cup. Um, there were a couple of us coaches that went over, myself, Dave Brett, and um, uh, uh, Jason F- uh, Height from uh, Island MMA, and... Um, Uh, our ex-president Dave Habib we all went over we took a we took a handful of athletes over with us um, male and female and we had every single athlete reach the final everybody had to fight three times I think to get to the final Um, you know we had uh, we had um, uh, I think four gold medalists and two silver medalists we ended up our athlete, one of the boxers I was working with, uh, one um, boxer of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, Braden Horkov, great guy, uh, absolute um, uh, beast mm. of an athlete, and a, and a fantastic guy. And actually, he's a great guy to 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 talk to about you know the um, monastic approach to training. Mm. I've never seen somebody so dedicated um, to the to the finer details. Um, you All know. Right your calendar <laughs> very well read guy as well when it comes oh. to the sport um and uh, yeah you know we we had a we had a great performance we had a great turnout we won team of the tournament you know the hungry cup is kind of one of those milestones that can um you know a sub international international level tournament you know this is it's it's you know um up there with mm-hmm. some of the other international tournaments uh, bo- amateur boxing uh, can provide and uh yeah it was, it was great to be back on home soil as well and you know revisit that kind of um, British boxing culture that I've been involved in with now adopted you know this this Canadian approach and seeing how coaches work did and that how sort athletes of work
0: amplify the emotion of the experience for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I always wanted to compete at Harrangi. Right. Uh, you know that was like a dream of mine. I never did to to come back as a coach and, and to have some success there and, and be respected by by you know coaches there who are, you know and to be considered you know their peer was very very cool. Um, you know and th- that definitely catapulted you know my interest in okay you know I'm really good. next season i want to do better i've got these goals i've got i've got the following you know milestones i want to achieve and and how do i achieve them and you know just working hard quietly um you know and consistently to do so you know i think having said that though the the most challenging thing i had you know i've always had my own gym Mm -hmm. and you know i've had my own gym in bahrain uh when i was in the sunshine coast i had my own gym for a few years um obviously um life changes Mm -hmm. things change in life and um and i moved to the city last summer. And, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be welcomed in by lots of fantastic gyms and ultimately, you know, finding out, well, what works for me is having my own gym, having Mm -hmm. my own landscape.
0: Once you've, once you've been down that road, it's really hard. It's really
1: hard to come back. It is. And, and it's definitely a cultural thing, you know, and, and it's not to say that what I'm doing is right and other people are doing is wrong. Absolutely not.
0: I I think also it's like, if you're fastidious, it's really challenging to sort of like loosen the grip and just, you know, slip into the stream of someone else's systems and processes. And it it doesn't mean it's good or bad or or better or worse. It's just sort of like, it's really hard to, So it's but like it's, moving back in with
1: your parents. <laughs> it's like moving right? back in with your parents in, in a strange way. Yeah. But that has actually, I, this has like been probably the biggest year of growth for me. Interestingly, not having a home base, um, you know, and, and obviously there are plans to obviously now, you know, get my own gym back and back in action. And, you know, we're looking at a spot and, um, uh, but you know, to, to say that, you know, that I've had a tremendous amount of growth from that, working mm-hmm. with different coaches, different athletes, different backgrounds and people, you having different goals as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, Haringey was a great one. We have a couple of experiences. Exciting tournaments that we're going over to. We're heading over to Portland in a couple of weeks. We're going over to Sweden. You know, we're doing a a, um, a team camp in in Mexico this year. You know, we're heading down to LA for a couple of shows. You know, we'll be over. We should be back over in the UK. We're going over to Ireland. We're going over to Toronto, Montreal. So there's a lot of travel involved, and you know, it's it's exceptional to see um, you know how wide boxing is applied all around the world, but actually how small the community is. Mm. And um, and yeah, uh, when it comes to tournaments, uh, a lot of those are kind of on par. With so we've got exciting season ahead.
0: Awesome! That was my kind of my question. What's coming down the pipe? So <laughs> we know what's coming down the the pipe from the you know competitive team mm-hmm. side, but mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about what's coming down the pipe for you as a coach.
1: Sure. I mean, look, you know, when you're a full time coach, um, you choose the lifestyle of being a coach, you know, and just like a high performance boxer chooses the lifestyle to to being immersed within, you know, progressing in the sport. It's the same for a coach. And, you know, I made the choice to quit my career. I made the choice to move into the unknown a little bit from, say, for example, a financial sense, from, you know, a lifestyle sense, you know. Um, You know, so obviously, you know, having the balancing act of um, commercializing the sport to allow me to survive Mm. (laughs) and pay the bills.
0: That's such an interesting topic that we'll maybe oh, touch on it but it really is it's fascinating I could talk
1: your ears off about oh this. my god
0: well me too I mean, I've, <laughs> I mean I've you, been you in too it. yeah absolutely yeah.
1: um and then obviously having the balancing act uh, you know of being an amateur coach that is not remunerated you know um, you, you volunteer your time to do this mm-hmm. you volunteer your time to work with athletes you put your body and your mind on the line you know you develop relationships you break relationships it's you know it's full on you know you're you're immersed and and, and I think you know I'm, I'm definitely dedicated and committed enough to to be you know applying myself in that way mm-hmm. um but yeah what's coming down the line is is definitely you know keeping my ears open my eyes open learning from phenomenal coaches i mean our head coach jesse pinheiro is one of the most exceptional coaches i've ever had the pleasure of, of cornering with of cornered with him at nationals and you know the speed of his analysis and therefore advice in the corner for example you know let's not even talk about his programming or mm-hmm. you know his, his eye for talent um you know uh, or his relationship management practices are, are, are pretty exceptional you know, you know learning from people like that is, is, is very, very cool. And, uh, yeah, so, so my goals and kind of what's coming down the pipe for me is, you know, I'm, 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 looking for a space, uh, to have my own competitive gym and, uh, obviously, um, you know, being involved in the commercial side of the sport and kind of mm-hmm. building my client base here in Vancouver. And it's great, you know, because I get to, I get to be reminded about you know, how people start off in the sport. And I've, I've worked working with beginners or, or people who aren't necessarily uh, intending to compete. Mm. You know, uh, it's funny, I, I treat them all and we, we, we kind of come to an agreement mm. together is that, look, you know, I know you don't want to be a boxer, but you're going to train like a high performance athlete, at least from a psychological approach and a mental approach. Mm. And because everybody can be a high performance athlete, it's, it's, it's about how you, you know, high performance doesn't necessarily mean, you know, having to have the, the highest level of athletic ability and being so naturally talented that you blow everybody out of the water and you're going to be competing in national stage. You know, high performance to me is, is a lifestyle and how do you apply it and what context you provide to things, you know, and and, uh, and it's, it's great. It's so lovely to see how people actually, you know, change their mindset and then their goal set mm-hmm. to how they approach to training, just, you know, casually, you know, hitting pads and, mm. you know, maybe learning some fundamentals and falling, seeing people fall in love with the sport. And that reminds me like, that's that kind of X factor, that, that mm. kind of unknown element as to like why I really love boxing and being involved in the sport gives me so much back from an intrinsic perspective.
0: Do you have a, you know, like a, I don't want to call it a success story. It's that may, you know, point the finger that people that don't take this path aren't mm. successful, but you know, forgive me for the choice of words, but do you have a success story of someone who stepped in the gym as like really fitness minded, you know, like yeah. hitting pads. I and do. then, so tell us about that.
1: I do. I, um, obviously I can't take full credit for his success. Okay. He, and you
0: can name names cause we'll shout him out.
1: But he's, he's, you know, he, my little brother, uh, and obviously not my blood by blood Rashid Mehran far, you know, this kid walked into my gym in Bahrain as a, kind of gangly 18 year old um who had come back from the us and decided he, he didn't want to study abroad anymore and you know he struggled a bit with anxiety and you know although he was quite athletic mm-hmm. um he's like you know i just kind of want to hit pads and you know he was talking about rocky and so yeah. like obviously you know like uh, i knew that some
0: steam yeah and, i knew
1: i knew yeah. his uh, obviously okay where where you know he was just a kid and a great kid at that and you know we we did a few sessions and all of a sudden this guy's talking about competing and i was like oh okay you know now we're entering into a different phase and yeah. a different a different mindset and you know and then he's talking about you know coach i want to go to the olympics one day no i want to represent bahrain one day you know i want to and i'm looking at him going oh you've got a long way to go man yeah but um you know our our, our mindset and our application changed you know and over the years you know been working together and if he's not been working directly with me the program that i launched there it's called the malakim scholarship fund it no longer exists because i had to shut my down da- my gym down sadly um Due to COVID and the, the constraints of COVID, but um, you know he is now uh, an international level boxer. He is now in the national team. You know he's been national champion every nationals that we've had in Bahrain. Um, he's working with some top coaches. You know, um, you know Kamiso uh, Kapoleng. You know, three-time Olympian who was who was our the head coach at the at Bahrain Boxing Club when I moved here. He came in. He's in, he, he represented Botswana at the at the Olympics uh, at, as a as a as a coach and as a as a competitive athlete, you know, Tony Davis, who's, you know, ex team GB, fantastic guys, worked with a lot of guys, Anthony Joshua. So he's had a couple of great coaches along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's so, uh, we keep in touch, you know, we, we, Speak, you know, almost daily or weekly, and you know he's he's now on an Olympic pathway, hmm. and this amazing. is a kid that came in. I want to lose a wee bit of weight. I want, yeah. to, I want to learn how to knock people out and drop bodies, coach. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, he's 18, and you know, yeah. he's he's it's, it's been lovely to see that that growth in him as a man and as a pugilist, and he's mm. he's fixated on that goal now, and and to see his progress is is just amazing, and it, this is the ultimate um intrinsic reward you know and it it trumps everything else in my opinion
0: it's moments like that that you know you all those hours that you you know you volunteer Mm -hmm. and blood sweat and tears it's like you look you look at someone's path that way coming to fruition and you're going (laughs) okay this is why i'm here yeah
1: absolutely absolutely the guy you know i was like you know the first question i asked have you ever boxed before no do you have any combat experience yeah you know i did karate. You yeah. know, and, you know, we're talking, like, under you know, Steven <laughs> we're, t- we're talking Mc- about, you know, I,
0: I study McDojo <laughs> about an hour a day. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm a McDojo um, subscriber. <laughs> I love those guys. Um, but yeah, oh, I mean, I know it. he's, and I'm like, wow, okay, you know, this is the background and yeah. he's thinking maybe that the transference is there and, you know, and it's just amazing to see his, his progress.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Empire Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, Jana. That was part one of our podcast with Coach Tarek. Tune in next week for the remainder of part two.
1: Make sure to listen, follow, and subscribe
0: to Empire Boxing on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube.